Well, after a very, very long break, we are back here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. We're very sorry. We, it's been it's been such a whirlwind with COVID nineteen and the postponement of the NBA and some other duties had changed for the two of us. Uh, we have not gotten a chance to to really get a podcast in, so we're going to get one in today and try to get back to a regular schedule. Uh, here on the week as we're recording this, the Orlando Magic are trying to get the practice facility opened up again, mm. uh, but but they're having a little bit of a hard time while they wait in line for all the test results to come back. So we're going to get into that, the impossible task that the NBA sees in front of it or what feels like an impossible task to restart the season. Uh, we spoke with Steve Clifford a couple of, couple of weeks ago, about a week ago. Uh, he had a couple of revelations about what a return could look like for the Magic. Could mm. Jonathan Isaac come back and... Uh, we will get into a few other pieces of news and notes. Um, once again, I mean, I feel like we need to get reacquainted. Nick Ronowitz here. Yeah. Scott Inez is with me. You can hear us weekdays, ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez on ESPN 580 AM, FM 96.5 HD2, uh, as well as uh, you can uh, you can hear us here on this podcast every time uh, that it posts, which it has not posted in a long time. So we're sorry about that. It's been since February, Nick, hasn't it? I think Late it has. February? I yeah. think it has. We, Late February. Look, we apologize, folks. We've kind of we're been sorry. predisposed with um, with the pandemic and what's going on with that. And we mm-hmm. hope you and yours are well. It's been what eight and a half weeks. We were put into. Uh, Put into some extra work. Two months and two last, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 had some extra work to do over on our news partner, News ninety six point five WDBO. We are we are getting back to some kind of normalcy. I don't know what that normalcy looks like, but we are getting back to some kind of normalcy. So hopefully, hopefully, we're going to get basketball back here very very soon. I have no idea what's going to happen with the NBA. But in terms of sports, like sports gives us that normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have we talked about it on the show? It's like, you know, even even going back to 9-11, we, at post 9-11, we got to lean on the NBA. We got to lean on the National Football League. We got to lean on Major League Baseball and the World Series in 2001 with the Diamondbacks and, and the Yankees. And, and I, look, I, in times of crisis, is when you need sports the most. And that distraction. Ha- and, and that's part of the unnormal background of what we've been going through over the last eight plus, plus weeks. Mm-hmm. That's added to our unnormalcy, if you will, the fact that we have not had sports. We need it desperately, and hopefully, you know, we've seen the UFC come back, and, and NASCAR's coming back, and golf to a certain extent is coming back. Uh, different sports, mind you. Very different. Different different sports. Not really team sports like the NBA and the NHL and, and the NFL. But hopefully, hopefully the NBA will be back very soon. Yeah, it feels like we're kind of getting close to, to some decisions being made. I don't yeah. want to say we're close to them returning because we're not. Yeah. Once a decision's made, I think you're still four to six weeks away from any sport returning. You know, if Major League Baseball made the decision today, okay, June 1, we're coming back. Well, they're not going to play until July 1. That would be six weeks from now. Same thing for the National Basketball Association. We got word today as we're taping this, and we're taping this on a Wednesday about 3.30, that the MLS is going to be coming back for a tournament here in Orlando at Disney's Wide World of Sports. Now, uh, I wonder what that means for a potential NBA return if the NBA did have the wide world of sports and Disney world on its short list. But mm-hmm. uh, we're a little ways away from that, but this feels like it feels like the water, you know, in this bubbling pot is starting to kind of at least look like it's, it's headed towards a boil. Here. Uh, y- you hope so. You hope so. Um, look, I, I th- this pandemic presents 
some very, very different challenges, right? I, I mentioned I mentioned 9-11 earlier, and mm-hmm. there, was, there were a bunch of challenges after 9-11 that sports had to kind of work its way through. Well, now here we are. We're working our way through this pandemic, and I, I, I would... I would tell you that the sports genre is the most effective genre out there in in the entire world yeah. because sports is played with people, right? Sports is played with people in the stands, fannies in the stands. Sports is played, especially the game of basketball, it's played in close quarters. And with this virus out there, I'm not pretending that I have all the answers. <laughs> I do not. And if you've been listening to ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez, like every day I go back and forth, I'm feeling good one day about the possible comeback, and then the next day I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. So I don't think anybody knows, including the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, I don't think anybody knows what's going on right now. But to me, with Adam Silver, to me he is the best commissioner in all of the world in terms of uh, sports. But – I, I eventually here in the next week or two, I think Adam Silver is going to have to make a decision. In other words, forget about all the forget about all the the committees, mm-hmm. forget about all the subcommittees, forget about all the Zoom conferences. Adam Silver has to make a call here because I I tend to think there there are too many cooks in the kitchen. The NBA right now needs some leadership, and it's been a long, long time since I've said that. Matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever said that with David Stern and Adam Silver being the last two commissioners of the NBA. Adam Silver is a very smart individual. But I think he needs to take a page out of, shall I say it, Roger Goodell's book in terms of leadership. Roger Goodell said, NFL, guess what? We are going forward with the NFL draft. He received a lot of criticism for that, including from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Um, and, and yet Goodell stuck to his guns and look what happened. It was a big time success. Roger Goodell also said, we need to continue on with free agency despite the pandemic, a major success as well. So I I think, and again, I'm not pretending to know all the answers, but I think it would be great for Adam Silver to step up and make a, either way, make a decision to either scrap the season or move on. And here's how we're going to move on a, B, C, D, and E. Now, I know that there recently, and as recently as yesterday or today, there was a player's poll taken, right, by the Players Association. An informal poll. An the, inf- the Players Association <laughs> wants you to know that this was an informal poll. There was no formality to this poll. They were just texting every single player in the league asking them, do you want the league to come back or <laughs> Which not? Which is a formal poll. Yes. Okay, and from what was... From what we gather from these stories that I read, a majority of the players want to come back. Uh, and and on the show yesterday on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez on ESPN 580, I said I'd, I would venture to guess that 75% of the players do not want to come back. But during the show yesterday, you told me that LeBron James and other stars had come out and said, yes, we want to play. Well, Yeah, they had a call. Ten players were on that call, and it was... Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and Steph Curry. Kawhi Leonard was on that. Giannis was on that. Star players. Yeah, Damian Lillard. The funny thing about it was the only two players that were on the call were guys that, I mean, two of the players on the call were guys that wouldn't make the playoffs if the season started again, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. But, you know, the 10 10 of the most important players in the league got together and they said, we're going to have a united front. We plan. Yeah. And and, and they kind of set the tone for what goes on in the rest of the league, Mm -hmm. right? And, 
And most of these, how many how many players in the NBA? 450, 480? Is that some, somewhere in... So mo- 15 per team, 30 teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they can go to 17. Are we counting two-way players right. or not? Yeah. I mean, do you want to count those guys? I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Four, over 400 players. Yeah. Okay? Probably. Over 400 players. So, so what... Most of those players are not in the the caliber of a LeBron James. They're not making $30 million a year. Right, right. So I do wonder what they're really thinking and the weight of what LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and all those guys, the weight of what they did yesterday, that that carried a lot of power around the league. It sets a tone, yes. No doubt, no doubt. But here's here's what I want to pick at today with, with, with the reports of this poll. A majority of the players, we're told by these articles, say they want to play, but they want to play in a safe environment. Guess what? There is no safe environment right now. I always get this wrong, but is mutually exclusive the right thing? Those two things? I mean, like, that that doesn't exist right now. The well, environment can't... Exactly, actually, never mind. The environment can't be safe. Th- there there is no not, 100% safe environment. Th- this does not answer the question. No. To me, this does not answer the question. Yes, I want to play, but I want to play in a safe environment. Ain't nothing safe right now. That's I mean, great. Nikki, I'd like to go on a date with Kate Upton. <laughs> it's just not happening. No. I mean, that's no offense to you, Nikki Football. You're a nice looking dude, but I mean, come on. Justin Verlander's turf there. But it's not it's not happening today. You and I are here in the radio station. Yeah. At Cox Media Group right now. I mean, and, and there are people, um, there are some people going in and out of this radio station who You don't know where they go. You you don't. You have no idea where they go. We still have we have board ops here that are wearing gloves and some that decide if they want to wear masks, the they thing. can. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's you know, we wipe down all of the studios and stuff, but you can't be one hundred percent sure that the environment is safe and I there there is always going to be some risk. I and the players listen, I mean they're saying if it's safe. I don't really know what what's the and that's something Adam Silver has to figure out here. What what's the level of safe? Like that's what's it. what what is the that's minimum? It. That's it, it. It's 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 kind of like setting you know the emissions guideline for cars. What's the, there is going to be some pollution. Yeah. What's the what's the maximum amount of pollution? What's right. the maximum amount of risk that the NBA yeah, right, right. and these other leagues are going to allow to its players? Yep. Which I I'm not a I'm not a numbers truther. I'm not a guy that's reading every little thing that comes out, but. You know, one of the things that is true with this is that if you are young and in fairly good shape, you have a very good chance to be all right if you yes. do contract this virus. Now, yes. I'm not saying that's acceptable because right. the real fear here for the NBA and the players and the league is, A, that a player catches this, gets sick and dies. Mm-hmm. And that would be horrific. It would be horrific and it would be something that would, would be a black eye on the league, a black mark on the league for years to come. And the other thing would be is if a player gets this, gets sick but comes back and plays but somehow a member of his family contracts mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that person dies. Yeah. That's the other side of it is it's for a lot of the younger people, I'm thirty. And I've looked at this and it's like, all right, I get it, but I've stayed away from my parents. I've stayed mm-hmm. away from I stayed I've stayed away from my family because they're in that age group. I would have stayed away from you. You're kind of in the Oh whoa. I'm just, hey well, I'm now. just, I'm just saying. I whoa. mean like I'm I've been worried about you. That's oh, all. Okay. Whoa, Nikki! <laughs> that was football. a little. That was a little too personal. That was a dig, but I. But still, I mean, I. That's the concern here. It's not just about the players. What about the coaches? The coaching staffs. The Orlando Magic coach yeah. Steve Some Clifford has coaches. had his own health yeah. issues. You yeah. know, um, right. Greg Popovich is Pop going to sit on the bench for one of these games? Dude, I, 
What can he is, coach from a from a from a? Can they do a Zoom coaching session during the huddle? What is the NBA's risk tolerance? That that's what you're getting at. What what is the NBA's risk tolerance? We saw what happened with Rudy Gobert at the beginning of this pandemic when mm-hmm. the NBA basically began the shutdown of our entire society. What is your risk tolerance if you are the NBA? If you are going to move ahead and resume this season, is it one? Is it five? You because you know it's going to happen. Some guys are going to get this virus. Is it one guy? Is it five guys? Is it is it ten guys? Knowing that you you may be in an NBA bubble, if you will, an NBA commune somewhere here in Orlando or in Las Vegas. Um, so, what is your risk tolerance if you're the NBA? They've got to answer that question before they move on. Adam Silver, the commissioner, has got to answer that question before we can move on with either the resumption of the season or cancellation of the season. And I think what the Orlando Magic are going through right now, Nick, is a prime example of um, how many twists and turns this thing is going to take in the very near future under a pandemic. Because you look at what the Orlando Magic were planning on doing yesterday, that would be Tuesday of this week, they were going to open their practice facility. They're going to open up for voluntary voluntary workouts to where two guys could actually work out in the gym with two coaches and two guys could actually be in the weight room. Um, it's not an ideal type of situation. We're looking around the league, and we see of the teams that have opened, there have not been many guys who have taken advantage of these voluntary workout opportunities. Yeah, here. I was looking for a list of guys that had reported. I know the Utah Jazz opened up. I think that was on Tuesday, and I saw not many guys not have many shown guys. up yet. No, I think it was what, Cleveland, Cleveland, maybe Sacramento, and another team last Friday. And mm-hmm. from what I read, uh, not many guys have shown up for these voluntary workouts. So you have the Magic scheduling an opening on Tuesday. And here we are on Wednesday, shortly after 3.30, and these voluntary workouts have not started yet. Why is that? Well, um, I I think that you have to look at the testing. And, And the Magic last week announced that they were going to go through all the proper channels and getting their players Uh, tested asymptomatically or symptomatically. They were going to go through the proper channels with the Orange County Health Department. Well, here we are two days after the fact, and we're not working out yet. So no workouts going on at Amway Center. Um, And having covered this organization and worked for this organization for years and having admired this organization for years, I can tell you this. I do feel for them. Because I know exactly what they're trying to do. What's that? They're they're trying to thread the eye of a needle here. They're 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 trying to do everything the right way. Because what did we see at the beginning of this pandemic? We saw the Utah Jazz and other NBA teams testing their players when very few of us in the general public had these tests for the coronavirus. So the NBA was banged upon heavily. Um at the beginning of this pandemic. So the magic don't want to go through that. They want to go through the proper channels. Well, here's what happens when you go through the proper channels. Yeah. They're waiting in line behind my dad's test. Exactly. Right. But behind you and me mm-hmm. and it, are, are they joke you public or the Orlando magic joke you public? I don't think they are. So eventually look, I think you're going to have to come out, and if you're the NBA, and you're going to say, look, we need to create some sort of streamlined system for all of our teams. And if you bang on us 
um, for being not so politically correct. If you bang on us for being, they you need know, to the put the earplugs in. Million, you got to put your finger. The, the, Adam Twitter. Silver, yeah, Adam Silver needs to put his fingers in his ears, and the NBA needs to call. I don't know where you order these tests from. I don't know if you call up Bezos and Amazon, and it's like, hey, we need some Prime to thirty locations so all thirty teams can do their tests. And understandably. This is in places where tests are available to the public, too. I'm not saying take tests away from those that need it, frontline workers. Yeah. That's all assumed. Yeah. And for the Orlando Magic, they have received permission from the state to start doing this, to test its players, to utilize tests because there are enough available for the public. So right. uh, the NBA needs to go out and buy tests and provide them to the teams or the teams individually that's, that's need to buy o- tests. It's the only way it can get done. The only way this works. Yes. Nick, because we can't look, look what we're going through right now. If you have this NBA bubble here in Orange County, in, in Osceola County, at, at Disney, are we are we going to have to go through the county for these tests? And if so, look at what we're doing now. You can't. You can't do it. It can't be done. So the league is going to have to take its lumps from a PC standpoint if they want to come back. And this is a league that over the last five to six years has become increasingly synonymous with social media. No that doubt. It, it has been the social media sport. The NBA has has thumped its chest about its popularity growing and social media being a big part of that. But what comes with it is being able to hear the every thought and idea Mm. from your fan base and your detractors. And the detractors are going to be loud about this. They're going to be loud about the NBA utilizing tests when they do restart the season, if they do restart the season, and they need to ignore it. Yep. They do. They need to ignore it because this we're not in the middle of the lockdown here in the state of Florida anymore. And I'm, I'm thinking more from an Orlando Magic perspective because that's where we are. This is going to be tougher for the teams in California to do. This is going to be tough for the teams sure. in New York, for the Knicks and the and, yep. and the Brooklyn Nets yep. and the Golden State Warriors and all those teams. For the Chicago Bulls up there in Chicago where mm-hmm. they're still dealing with the lockdown. So for the Orlando Magic, though, by the tests, that they have to worry have less to. about what the outcry is yeah. going to be. Look, I, I get it. You you don't want to appear to have preferential treatment. But the fact of the matter is, if this season is to go on, then the Magic and every other NBA team need that preferential treatment going forward if they want some semblance of their season to come back. So I, I think that's that, that that's very important to mention here is is what we're going through in Orange County right now with the delay of these tests. And guess what? We're going to have to test these guys every day. Is it every day? I think it's going to have to be every day because guess what? They're going to leave the arena mm-hmm. and then they're going to go back to their hotel rooms and there, there are people that are going to be cooking for them, people that are going to be cleaning for them that they will come in some kind of contact with Yes, they're going to be have to be have to be tested every day. So I, I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I have no clue. As you well know, with, with me on the show here over the last few weeks, Nick, I'll, I'll come in one day and think, okay, yeah, we're going to have a season. And, and yesterday, like I, I was like, no, we're not going to have. A, if the NBA continues down this road to where we're doing the committees and the Zoom calls and this and that, and there's so many chefs in the kitchen. We can't do this. We need Adam Silver to step up and tell us either way right now. And I know we're planning on doing that in the next couple of weeks. I would like it right now. Give it. Give me. He a- says he's. Uh, yeah. The, the report from Adrian Wojnarowski is that Adam Silver said on the call with the board of governors. Those are owners, by the way. <laughs> the board of owners that the decision will be made in the next two to four weeks. Well, I 
I think it needs to be made yesterday, man, because you look at the that, that clock is ticking. And, and I, I get it. The, the NBA may start next season in December. It's certainly no, no, they will. Like they're, they they're will start next season in December. They're not going to get. They're not going to let this season go. They're not. And part of this, the reason why the players are going to come around, that I'm convinced the players are going to come around, is the high-profile guys are going to push for it. They're going to peer pressure the guys on the back end of benches yeah. that may not want to come back because you know they don't necessarily think that it's worth it. Those guys are going to be peer pressured. And also, if the NBA owners enact the force majeure clause, mm-hmm. which they're going to have to because games are going to get canceled, yeah. that's going to happen. But also, once they do that, from what my understanding is of all this reading— mm-hmm is that they can then rip up the collective bargaining agreement and go back to the table with the NBA Players Association. Do the players who negotiated this last deal in a time of peace where everything, a sweet deal. Every, everyone's making a sweet money. Deal. Yeah, a do you point. want them to rip that thing up and then go back where you know the Mark Cubans of the world, the James Dolans, those guys, they're not happy now. Yeah. And they want to take every last dollar from you because... You guys didn't want to come yeah. back and play. I and hope they took all the loss yeah. in this. No, it makes sense. I hope you are right. I hope you are right. But the NBA players coming out and said, "Yeah, we want to play. We want to play in a safe environment." It's not going to be safe. No. There are guys who are going to get the coronavirus. Yeah, it's not going to be safe. It's not. Um, we got an interview with Nick Anderson coming up. We caught up with Nelson, as you call him, yeah. on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez earlier this week. So you hear that coming up. Of course, he was a big part of the Last Dance documentary, the 10-part Michael Jordan documentary, Chicago Bulls documentary, Episode 7, when that uh, Orlando Magic team, the 95 Magic team with Shaq and Penny and Nick and and Horace Grant beat the Bulls. Yeah, and, and I wanted to mention this going into this interview. A- Love Nick Anderson, one of my favorite mm-hmm. people of all time. B, on, on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez, I have said time and time again, that wasn't the same Michael Jordan back in 95. Right. The guy who who was playing baseball just a couple of months early, he was not the same guy, and he wasn't. He was about 80% of the true Jordan that we saw the following season when the Bulls swept the Orlando Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals. With that said, there's one thing I haven't mentioned during the show, and that is this. The Orlando Magic beat the Chicago Bulls in six games. We talked about this on Live Local and Loud on Monday night after you got off the air. The Magic weren't given their due in that documentary. They were were not. They made it out like, oh, Jordan was tired. And, and, well, Jordan was not the same guy, but he averaged, to, to my recollection, he averaged over 30 points per game in that series. Okay, but look what the Magic did, and you have to give a lot of credit to Brian Hill, who is my partner on Fox Sports Florida right now, you got to give him a lot of credit because the Magic in that series beat up the Chicago Bulls down low. I mean, you look at the rebounding numbers from that series. I think Shaq averaged over 13 rebounds a game. Horace was over 11 rebounds per game. And their leading rebounder was Scottie Pippen. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't have that Dennis they did Rodman. Not, they, they didn't. didn't no. they, they were so. They just didn't have a big guy. They didn't. They missed Horace Grant. Yes, and, and Horace Grant had played for the Chicago Bulls the year prior to comes to Orlando as a free agent. He was a major difference maker in that series. So as much as I've said that that was not the true Jordan, and it wasn't, I think I, I, I've been remiss in not giving more credit to the Orlando Magic for pulling out that series and beating the Chicago Bulls where they were shorthanded, which was up front. We killed him, killed him under the glass that series. Before we get to that Nick Anderson interview, any thoughts on the NBA moving from Spalding to Wilson as the official game ball? I did not see that. You didn't see this? 
No. Oh, this broke just a few. I mean, this what? broke before we started recording. Yeah, the NBA, according to Yahoo Sports, moving on from Spalding as the official oh. game ball partner oh. to Wilson starting with 2021 20, 22 season. Spalding ever since I can remember. Since 1983. Wow. That is a huge surprise anytime you fool with the basketball i wonder did they call the players and ask him because That's don't forget david stern did this years ago yes. and midway through the season they were like we're going back this he stinks. went to david stern went to synthetic leather yes. i think it was back in the late 90s if i'm not mistaken i think it was in the 2000s but i think you're you know and the players had a conniption it might it might have been early 2000 the players had an absolute conniption about the changing of that ball it was in 2006 2006 june 2006 when the nba arbitrarily introduced a new synthetic basketball yeah the players went nuts they went crazy it was like a couple of weeks and boom they went right back to the leather basketball so i am hoping that they did check with the players i am hoping that wilson makes a similar basketball to the Spalding because those players were not happy back in the day going to that synthetic leather. All right, we got to run here. Uh, right. Nick Anderson was a member of that 95 team. Of course, Nick Anderson stole the ball. Scotty and me checked, uh, checked in with him earlier this week. That's coming up after this here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nelson, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How you gentlemen? Good, good, Nick. I... I you know, I, I, I love that play of the steal with you chasing down Michael Jordan, the pilfer. The ball goes to Penny. He throws to Horace. He dunks it down. You guys lead by six, uh, what by one with six seconds to go. What Nick, tell me, what do you remember most about that play? Well, you know, uh, when you see him in, inbound the ball, you know, you notice that I got a hand on the ball, and he got around me. He got that step around me, and when he was dribbling, he was coming up the right side of the floor, and, you know, he looked over his left shoulder to see where I was, but I was on his right side, and I had the opportunity to knock the ball away with my left hand mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and made a, a, a play that was needed to win that game. Yeah. And, but and like you said, it was six seconds left on the clock. Right, right, yeah. Six seconds left. In. And, and as you know, uh, the last time out, they made that time out and came out and the ball went to him mm. and he made a move to the back and the defense collapsed and Scotty was in the corner, but Scotty broke to the basket right. and he threw the ball behind him. Right, right. Yeah, I, I remember watching the steal from the sideline and I'm thinking to myself, he's going to chase him down. He's going to get him. Like, you never gave up on that play. And I don't think – look, I – I think it's all obvious to us that 45 wasn't the same as 23. Okay, fine. We'll get to that coming up. But like you said in the locker room that day, but but I don't think you get enough credit for that despite all the talk about Jordan not being Jordan in those 95 playoffs, Nick. Well, you know, Scott, it is, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, an icon, a legend, the greatest basketball player that I'd ever played against, I – I made the steal. I made a play to win the ball game, and that's that's good enough for me. I, with all due respect to MJ, uh, I have the utmost respect for him. Whether people want to give you, give me credit or not, it, it it already happened. It's over and done, mm-hmm. and I'll take it as is. And and you had the money quote after the game. 
quote, number 45 doesn't explode like number 23 used to. Number 45 is not number 23. I was trying to figure out, Nick, and I was telling our guy, Nicky Football here, I was trying to figure out whether I was the guy in the locker room who asked you that question about 20, 23 and 45. I forget. I, I know I was in the locker room when you made the comment, yeah. but we're, we're, like, what? Were you thinking, uh-oh, I, I just tugged on Superman's cape a little bit yeah, here? Yeah, but, but it took it out of, I, I guess I want to say, I can say this now, the way it was presented yeah. wasn't the way that I wanted it to come out. Mm -hmm. I was looking at it as MJ hadn't played a whole full season. You know, his legs, I wasn't under him as, as like mine was. I played a full season. Mm -hmm. And you know how you talk about, basketball shape, getting your legs up under you. That, that's where I, try, I was trying to come from, you know, yeah. that he didn't have his legs like he would have if he had played a full season. Yeah. But unfortunately, it didn't come out. Yeah, and leave it to us, it. leave it to us media people to run with something like that. But the fact <laughs> of the matter was, Nick, I mean, he was still – outstanding no he wasn't a hundred percent jordan maybe he was he was 85 percent jordan but you're right he didn't have the same explosion and, and yet two months earlier this guy was playing baseball nick I and mean, when yeah. you think about it what he did shifting gears from baseball to basketball at the highest level was unbelievable well that's that's not, that's not something that you can just easily just hey i gotta make this transition yeah you know, it's not that easy uh that's just like Okay, Scott, you the wide receiver of the 49ers, and uh, season is over. Now I got to go and play uh, uh, NBA season. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you a minute to transition from that football season to that basketball season. It's it's just a lot of similarities there, but I'll take it, Scott. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Nelson. So, Jordan, after hearing your quote, comes out for game two. He takes off his warm-ups, and, and what's he got on but 23? Um, to, to, to the point where in that game too, he scored what 38. And I think the yeah. bulls took, took that one from you by 10. When you saw Jordan in 23, as he went out onto the court, um, did, I think we knew going in, he was going to wear 23, but as you saw number 23, instead of 45 on that court, what were you thinking? Well, well, I remember, uh, B South telling me, Said, oh, and hey, you just pissed him off. He got on number twenty-three, <laughs> <laughs> and you did, and, and you and you did. Yeah. You know, we we yeah. we've talked off the air about Jordan many many times. Um, he was a fierce trash talker. He, like yeah, he he, was, he, he uh, would light you up every now and then, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he'd talk trash. Uh, he was the ultimate trash talker. But you know, it was friendly talk uh, trash talk unless you really said something vulgar. Mm -hmm. That that really got under his skin, but he talked trash all in fun and games. When especially you know when y'all going back and forth, he never you know he, with me he would talk trash to me because I would tell him, "Oh, I'm about to post you up in explicit <laughs> words," you yeah, know, right, right. Cause he, and then he, he he would come back and now you're not you know that type of stuff. So uh, he talked good trash. It was good basketball trash. Again, like I said, unless you really said something vulgar to him and 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 then it, it went a little bit beyond that sure sure yeah um would you guys ever you know practice against one another play five and five and in, in the off season you being from chicago and him 
playing in Chicago, would would uh, would you guys ever play five on five or one on one or anything like that? Well, I've, I've played against him plenty of times in the summer league mm. when we had in Chicago early in my career. He played in the summer leagues. I got a chance to play against him and things like that. But as far as us just out and about, we never played. We never played. Uh, just threw a ball out and just grabbed it and went at each other. We never did that. Right, right. So you guys ended up winning that series over the Bulls four games to two. You won on Michael's home floor in game six. You carry off the former Bull horse, Grant, on your shoulders and the whole thing. What What do you remember most about game six? Because you guys, you guys were down by a bunch late in that game and came storming back late. But you know what I liked about us being a young team? You, always, you heard all year that, oh, they're very young, they're inexperienced. We heard that all year. But we, and you heard Scottie Pippen even mention this. Uh, uh, he said he, he, was, uh, he, he liked the way we kept our poise and, and, and played. We didn't, we didn't fold up being a young team, being, not having a whole lot of playoff experience. Uh, we, we kept composure. We played together. You know, uh, some mistakes were made probably here and there, but we never just gave in. We didn't collapse mm-hmm. as you would expect most inexperienced young teams to do. Yeah, no, I, and, and I realize that this is a documentary that is Chicago-centric, obviously. Um, we've had our 30 for 30 this magic moment, but I got to tell you, I don't, think, I don't think you guys got enough credit um, for how great those teams were 94 through 96. I mean, you had 57 wins in 94, 95. I think you were 39 and two on the home court. You had 60 yeah. wins, 60 wins in 95, 96 when Shaq missed like 28 games that year, Nick. Yeah, we had a, we had a very talented team. And uh, I was speaking on, on another show earlier today. Uh, uh, one of my good friends out of New York. Uh, we always talk about what if. What if that team would have stayed together? What if Penny Hardaway would have never got hurt? Uh, boy, uh, you know, we can go on and on. I mean, it was it was unreal. Uh, just imagine if we would have stayed together. Yeah. How many rings, Nick? I'm going at least two, maybe three. No, I, I, you know, Scott, I'm going to say it, man. My, my whole left hand would have been filled up. Oh, <laughs> wow. Even one for the thumb. How about that? Yeah, one for the thumb, baby. I love it. Thumb. I love it. If we could have – just think about the talent that we had. And, you know, yeah, you, obviously you have to stay healthy during these playoff runs. If we could have stayed healthy, that team would have stayed together, and you could have kept adding little pieces here and there. Yeah. I but, think we had, a, we had a dynasty in the making. But but youth is wasted on the young, right, Nelson? Now you know that. Yeah. But, I mean, you guys were yeah. so young and so brash, and, and there was ego involved, and Shaq's ego, yeah. and Penny's ego, and, and, and the whole thing. And, and I, it just kind of came crashing down to earth when Shaq left. But, look, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it's, it, it's at least two to three rings if Shaq does not leave, because that means – I think so. Yeah, if Shaq doesn't so. leave that, then you're talking about Penny Hardaway maybe staying healthier for longer because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to have the the, the wear and tear on his body like he did trying to carry a team. Exactly. I mean, it was special. I, you know, I I'm I'm going to erase all the things that didn't happen. I'm going to focus on what did happen. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What did happen? Look look what we accomplished. Yeah. Look look at the look at the places that we we've traveled, the things we've done. 
that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to I'm not going to let the negative and the what what we didn't do surface. I'm yeah. going to keep keep everything focused on what the look what we had got accomplished. Right. Not only the organization, the team, the city of Orlando, our fans were outstanding. Yeah. Oh, I, they I, gave us that what they call everybody talk about that six man. Our fans were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. We had it. We had everything all set. in if you could say, we had everything. Mm-hmm. We had everything. Just think about what the Bulls had. You had the players. You had MJ, Scotty, the rest of the crew. You had the fans, the organization. We had the same thing, mm-hmm. but unfortunately. We didn't. Our players didn't stay together. The Chicago Bulls did. Mm, yeah, for uh, for a couple more years. Talk about yes. talk about especially for the younger generation. Talk about the advantage, the home court advantage that we used to have here in Orlando at the old Orlando Arena. To me, it was like no other home court advantage in the league. Talk about that, if you would, Nelson. Well, like I said, you know, having home court advantage and, and that means a lot. And, and, and then the the, the the part the fans played. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, okay, when you come up in my house, it's not going to be an easy cakewalk. <laughs> you coming up in here, it's trouble for you. Yeah. And we presented trouble for teams. Yeah. I mean, uh, as young as we were, we were athletic, we were big, strong, fast. We were everything that you wanted in a team. You was every coach. Our team was every coach's dream. Yeah. I hear coaches talk about it. I even hear I even heard Chuck Daly once say, "Boy, that young talented team you guys had, I would have loved to coach you guys." <laughs> I heard him say it. Yeah, you know, so yeah. we had everything. Yep, yep, you did. You had a great coach too, and Brian Hill who led you guys oh, to no a thirty-nine. All we had to, yeah, all we had to do was just stay together. Yeah, you know what I love about Coach Hill? What's especially that? Especially with me. He rolled me to no end. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder why, because now I, I understand he's seen something in me that maybe I didn't see in myself mm. at the time. Yep. So he rolled me, and and Coach Hill brought some of the things out of me that I honestly, Scotty, I didn't know I had. Yeah, sure. That's what the great coaches do, though, right? It's exactly yeah, what yeah. they do. Oh, no question. Yeah. Yeah, no yep. I mean, I, 39 and two on the home court in, in 94, 95. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. That's taking care of home court. Yeah. That's taking care of home yeah, court. 37 and four uh, that year without Shaq, by the way, for 28 games in, in 95, 96. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I, I could yeah. go on and on and on forever. Unfortunately, we got to cut it short here. Nick, thank you, my man, as usual. Um, great memories from uh, from back in the 90s and uh, hope to see you very, very soon. Thanks, Nelson. All right. Last dance, baby.